Start kicking off the new year with a review of Max's new show, Bookie. With me, as always, Mr. Mark Duvall from You Can Bet On That. Sir? Jim, how are you? I, I am doing well, thank you. Today is the 15th. We're recording on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yep. Uh, the same day that I found out that Sherry has a new podcast. <laughs> That's right. Which they is kicked just it off. Great. Yes. I hope they make it to 300. I, I do too. Um, I, I was, <laughs> I, I haven't listened to, uh, I've, I've only, I only caught like the first few minutes cause I saw the, I had, I knew I wasn't going to be able to listen to it all. Uh, but I had to click play just to see what the shtick was. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's basically just one joke, right? Yeah, Our wives yeah. basically reading the transcript of our first episode we threw a couple things in there but yeah yeah that, i thought well okay this will be good this is the joke this is a chance for listeners to hear our wives who have put up with this for so long yeah and you know i i had some other ideas for a 300th episode but they were a little too ambitious i think i'll have to wait till i retire to kind of tackle those okay. so i thought this is good we released it between our regular you know release uh, schedule so yeah okay yeah <laughs> So, okay, so you did. And now I'm really bad. I used to, you know, back in um, 18, 19, 20, like I used to be like, no, when, like, oh, it's you can bet on that week. You know, like I used to, uh, mm-hmm. but like, now it just surprises me. I'm like, oh, they bought, they put a new episode. When I saw <laughs> the episode today, I was like, wait, that seemed like, wow, has it really been two weeks? Holy smokes. <laughs> um okay that makes sense well anyways i appreciated uh even just a couple minutes when i heard her uh say you know though there's like a lot of poker i was like this sounds a whole lot like actual episode one uh so that's uh well that's that's all it is just transcribed i you know i (laughs) did it take any convincing uh surprisingly no i think when it came time to actually do it sherry least was a little nervous and when i asked lynn i don't even know if mike prepped her for it i just texted her one day hey (laughs) you know got this idea for episode 300 she was right on it so no the only thing is sherry said i don't want to hear it i don't want to listen to the episode and i understand a lot of people don't like hearing their voices so (laughs) so that is that is, I think, the difference between podcasters and non-podcasters, right? Like so many people, uh, <laughs> podcasters have no problem with the sound of their own voice. People who don't podcast, they never want to hear their own voice. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, all right, Mark, you and I are here to review a new show that just came out on Max called Bookie. Um, I, I believe on our last episode, I believe I talked about how much potential I thought this, um, this show had yeah. i'm not going to spoil my my complete thoughts but um i uh it was different than what i expected uh okay. we're going to go through the first um well I, I mean that's not the right way of putting it but anyways we'll we'll go through the first four episodes here and then we'll do the uh episodes five through eight uh in the next episode yes Sebastian Maniscalco, if I'm, am I pronouncing his last name right I th- there? I think? Yeah, I get, I, I think so. I think you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he plays Danny, uh, a lead bookmaker, and his partner Ray, played by Omar Dorsey. Uh, they're bookmakers in California, uh, and with pending with the whole world uh, getting legalized gambling, they're unsure how long their vocation uh, will hold up. That's sort of the premise. 
Uh, uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't want to correct you. I'll wait until we get to a part in episode one where maybe we can elaborate on that a little bit. Um, okay. Well, so I'm going off of uh, either the, I think the trailer, right? That was like what the trailer tried to imply. Um, yes, was, that is, yeah. Yeah, that, that you know, pending, that legalization was sort of looming. Uh, of course, it only really comes up once. And I know, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a uh, specific line in there. So we'll talk yes. about that. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Let's just, uh, let's just get to it. Episode one, what'd you say? It's on Max. That's pretty obvious. Uh, it just came out. All eight episodes are out. They released two at a time, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I've seen some streaming services do that. But yeah, two at a time, once a week. Yep. And only 25 minute episodes, only half hour long episodes. Um, yeah, you know, sitcom length episodes. Yeah. And this is a sitcom. There's no yep. question. Yep. So uh, an easy watch uh, for, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay, episode one, Ray Romano, of all people. Ray Romano is the first person uh, we see in this show. We He is heard getting yelled at by his wife. You just see the you see the, uh, the house. I believe there's a for sale sign out front. Uh, and you hear the wife just going uh, laying into uh, who we end up seeing, Ray Romano. He's getting kicked out of his house uh, because he's a degenerate. He's, he's gambled their, their money away. And, and just, just to be clear, he is playing a character. I only mention yes. this because we go along, there are some people who play themselves. Yes. But yeah, it's Ray Romano in an uncredited role. He doesn't show up in the credits at all. Yeah. And it's a very small part, but he kicks off the show as a degenerate. Yes. And he calls his bookie, who, who's Dan, uh, Danny, uh, played by Sebastian Maniscalco, on his way to his car, uh, to lay to get some action down, which I just thought was great. It's right, getting... just after getting kicked out, white his wife is screaming at him. His kids are looking out the window at him, you yeah. know, kind of sadly. But he has to call his bookie. That's yeah. the most important thing he has to do right then. He calls, uh, and he introduces himself as a number. Um, and so he doesn't, he doesn't say his name. He calls, he's like, Hey, I, I forgot. I didn't write down what name it was, but he says his, his, it's a three digit number. Yep. And that's how he identifies himself to the bookie. And he places a three leg parlay. And, uh, uh, Danny is a little uncertain about the uh, situation. And, uh, Ray, Ray Romano says, you know what you don't like the play and then he says who cares what i like it's just hard to get three things right in the nfl which yeah. i thought was a really it's really it it showed that the writers were familiar like it was it was an early tip that the writers were familiar with sports betting yes exactly and here we're talking about a degenerate gambler and we're saying that this is a sitcom i'll just back up a little bit here so the show was created by chuck lorry famous sitcom uh, creator and writer. Uh, he created a Big Bang Theory, among others. One of the shows he created, a, a pretty funny show, was Mom. Mom dealt with substance abuse. That was really the theme of the show, was substance abuse. And okay. it was a comedy. It was yeah. a well-done comedy about a real problem. And whereas maybe the way they're approaching this is a little different. Yes, we're going to be laughing at some pretty horrible <laughs> situations that gamblers have gotten themselves into. Yep. Um, also on uh, Chuck Lorre's uh, resume, Dharma and Greg, uh, Young Sheldon, Big Bang Theory. And oh, yeah. He goes way back to Roseanne. He was a writer. I mean, just all yeah. sorts of things. So, yeah. Yep. 
and uh, two and a half men, which I think might play yes. into a cameo we see. We'll talk later. about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another another uh, show. Another creator on the show was Nick Bakai, who mm-hmm. oddly Bakai. enough people probably know best as the cat in uh, Sabrina. <laughs> in he was the Sabrina. voice of the cat in Sabrina. You yep. might recognize him if you saw him. He does acting here every once in a while. He yep. collaborates with Chuck Lorre quite a bit. He okay. is extremely funny, I believe. I mean, okay. that's my opinion. He is okay. very funny. Yeah. Very good. Um, so this scene, this opening scene finishes, Mark, and I was and I felt so validated in my in my hope that this show has potential. That was my thought coming off of this scene. I was like, oh man, this show's gonna get it right. Okay. Um, so they're uh him and his partner Ray, they're in the car. Uh, with some money collected by a client, Ray. Uh, this is we get introduced to uh, introduced to Ray again, played by Amar Dorsey. Uh, he gets into the car and they open up the mo- or they they count the money and he takes a, <laughs> then he takes the smell of it and it smells like human poop and there's like a discussion on whether on how it how it possibly could be smelling like poop and they kind of <laughs> come to the conclusion that yeah he, he probably did something uh gross to it um yep. yeah. yeah and, and danny finishes up the scene with nothing pisses me off more than people <laughs> yes. the show has a lot of one-liners like that you know a lot of things that you know are you know just meant to be a funny one line yep uh, another indication that the that the writers are familiar with betting uh danny's taking some bets he confirms the bet under on the grand salami the mm-hmm. Grand Salami is something you will find in multiple sports. Uh, like you, there, a Grand Salami was uh, was offered for Wild Card Weekend. At, uh, at what it is is it's an over under on the total amount of points scored in that league that day, or yes. for that that certain time period. Right? Or, so, yes, for a time right. period. Right. You yeah, see so- it uh, in uh, most books. Offer that every day in hockey. Yes. If there's more than one game. Uh, the grand salami that obviously you've got to bet before any of the games go off and all the games have to go to completion regulation time, you know, all those rules, but yes. I oddly don't know. Like I, I know it exists. I hear very few people ever mention it. No, Um, I've never heard anybody mention it to be honest. (laughs) I know that Steve Fezzik uh, bets it occasionally or has mentioned betting it, but it was in passing on, on someone's show. And it was the only time I'd ever heard anybody mention betting the grand salami, Mm. Uh, but it's there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a a frequently posted bet. Uh, He goes into a restaurant to collect from a client. He learns that his client uh uh is transgender now uh she is now a woman and he's trying to collect eight large and she is worried that he, she's that he's gonna get uh physical trying to collect because like there's this of the stereotype of a bookie getting violent to collect money and she does not want him to ruin the hard work done uh to make herself pretty make herself a lady so uh she starts beating the crap out of him just starts go <laughs> just starts wailing on him and uh, I love how the uh, right before they start fighting, uh, she says, "Nobody bets on the NBA. I thought uh, nobody nobody bets on the WNBA. I thought I had an edge." Yeah, uh, which is another gr- like you hear that a lot. Like of people getting into smaller markets. Like I'm, I'm. Uh, that's something I've done. Right, getting into smaller markets, thinking that you're going to have an edge because uh, because uh, you know people don't bet or it's not widely uh, you know uh, widely bet. But uh, another another indication that the writers are getting it. Yeah, and this scene is sort of an early indicator that, hey, everything you've learned about bookies from movies and TV shows, yeah. that's not really the way it is, right? They don't right. go to their clients and beat them up or kill them. 
right? <laughs> because <laughs> that gets them a bad reputation. They could go to jail, et cetera, et cetera. There are plenty of reasons for that. But that's a real ind early indication. His client thinks that he's going to beat her up, <laughs> but he just came, you know, to put some pressure on. Right. Um, we learn, uh, so Danny gets home. Uh, we learn that his wife once worked at Binion Sorshu, uh, which was a nice <laughs> little Vegas reference there. Uh, they're in an argument. Um, the bookies get to, uh, the next scene, the bookies get to their office. Uh, Lorraine, uh, this is, we're introduced to Lorraine here played by Vanessa Forlito. And she is Danny's sister. We'll learn that soon, but she is Danny's sister. She works the office there. Uh, very similar to like in um in oh uh lay the favorite right how um mm -hmm. you know he, yeah. he had an office that he was always going back to that's very much what this is Just her in a computer you know and you would presume if you're familiar with this that that she's running a PPH site of some sort right a paperhead site where where their clients can bet as well uh but Danny's old school Danny has been taking bets over the phone uh with these num with these three digit uh, number identifiers, uh, followed by people just taking their bets. He's literally just writing the bet down on paper of what they want. Uh, she, yeah. she, she's there to run the website where, where they're taking books, uh, taking bets there. And I'm uh, glad they emphasized that he's, it's not all on paper. Yeah. You know, this is the 21st century. So even though he may be old school, yes, they do have a website where their clients can make the bets. Yep. Uh, she mentions that the Thursday night game is all Kansas City. He says to move the point, uh, move the line, half a point. I appreciated the the sort of nod that like, hey, this is how sports betting works. When you take money, when you take a lot of money one way, you move the line. Most bookies aren't moving their own lines. Um, you know, like most most pay per head uh, type or, or um, you know. They're they're an agent for a website, but if they're legitimately running apps, their own website and posting, I mean, I, I can't imagine that they're just leaving it to uh to their own movement stuff like that. Like it'd be impossible. They either only offering a limited amount of markets that they can stay on top of, or uh this is. This was one sort of, ah, it's not really how it works. Um, um, okay, I appreciate that criticism. At the same time, I think it also adds a little information to him, to the show, to yeah. uh, maybe what bookies can do. So, yeah. yeah. Look, there's, there's, um, look, someone moves those lines, right? Some, someone is, is, is doing that. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, You'd get picked off all day by sharps um, if you just like had stale lines sitting up there that you were moving. Um, you know, sure, and uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not real familiar with regional bookies, but obviously their action is going to be a little bit different than true. the national action. So, you know, maybe they do have to move the lines just you because. Know that's, okay, go ahead. I, I, I take, I, I will, I will take my statement, my criticism back a little bit because if they're, <laughs> if they're taking, you know, if, if they're taking bets manually. And probably have you know uh, they had they had one guy we'll learn later had like a 10k limit I, you know that's probably his credit for the week you know yeah, depending yeah. on what their bet size you know maybe they're okay with taking a, a dime a pop on a stale line and and have control of their own um, you know that's possible too yeah. the the uh, and this is kind of an aside but the 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 myth that that sports books want even action on both sides just so they can collect a vig is is you know that's it's a bad myth. But sports books will take positions, right? They, you know, oh, they, for sure. Yeah. I think it's a good way to explain sports betting to yes. a novice. There's that. Yep. To say that, okay, the book doesn't care what happens. 
just to be able to explain the the point spread and the you know the the, the vig. So, yep. um, but yeah, you're right. So, uh, and we also learned that Lorraine deals mushrooms. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. definitely, I don't know about you, but that is the weak storyline in this show. Um, now, I've only watched the first five, but okay. when her storyline comes along, it's just kind of like, eh, move along. I don't know if you agree or not. Uh, yes, okay. I agree. There's right. there's one, there's like one or two scenes where like it made me, like it provided some entertainment. But sure, not, sure, sure. Not enough to where like I was invested in that, uh, that yeah. storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're visiting raise grandmas to deliver a tv and we learned a little bit more about ray's nfl pass he played in the nfl he had a severe in, in, um, injury not great with money and now he's uh you know now he's a partner with a bookie um and he's got a lot of children got a lot of children he has to pay child support too yeah yes uh their car gets repoed and you learn that the car was actually payment on a gambling debt from a uh, from a client, which I thought was funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, a lift picks them up. A uh, lift, as in like L Y F T. A lift picks them up, and uh, they they end up knowing each other. The driver and Danny end up recognizing each other. Uh, Hector is the driver here, played by Jorge Garcia. Uh, he uh, used to used to be Danny's weed connect, and Hector starts talking about how legalized weed ruined his business and mm -hmm. how and how, how he kind of mentions and I'm sure this is the scene you're talking about yes. how it how it's coming for sports betting next and Danny does argue that the casinos will never let let it happen in California and Hector has a has kind of a funny fucked up line of well the government's never screwed over Indians before right yeah and uh, that's another example of the one liners I'm talking about and that yeah. is a very funny line yeah yeah but yeah, that is what I'm talking about, is that maybe Danny is not too worried at this point. We've talked about this on our show. Uh, the, the He's absolutely right. The Indian casinos don't care if sports gambling comes to California. It's just, if, it's just that if it does come to California, they want a monopoly on it. And they really push for that. They've got a lot of lobbyists. They're a pretty strong political force in California. So, you know, that's what happened in the election a couple of years ago, where we had two competing ballot measures, one by, you know, fan, I don't know if it was fan, it was all the big ones, MGM, you know, all those, and then one put out by the tribal casinos. And the tribal casinos put way, way more money into fighting the yeah. other opposite, uh, the other proposition than supporting their own. So I, I agree with this. I think, you know, the Indian casinos will never let it happen. Now, I don't want to get too far off topic, but there is some new legislation now going through to try to get another one on the ballot. And maybe, you know, the tribal casinos will like that one. But that's why we don't have it in California right now. You can blame the tribal casinos. Do you think um, uh, how many... Uh, we'll bring this up another day. Um, but the the one thing that doesn't really so I've seen all eight episodes. Okay. One thing that doesn't get sort of mentioned, and I and it may it's probably too nuanced for for a sitcom like this. But <laughs> bookies like this are just as necessary for for serious betters in legalized markets okay right? so th there you go right uh, okay right. i i can understand why the 
a series didn't touch upon it because yes. you're right. It is a little more nuanced. Yes. And this is a little easier to kind of understand and digest. So yes. yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yep. Um, so anyway, so th th this is the discussion that uh, you mentioned earlier, the scene where, where they, they touch on legalized sports betting uh, and what it could do to California. They go to a rehab center to find Charlie Sheen. Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen playing himself, playing himself. Uh, he's in a poker game. He claims to actually not be in rehab, but just stays there to run the game. <laughs> uh, they press him for some money that he owes. They learn that his watch is really uh, valuable, and he he tries to offer them sports memorabilia. Uh, <laughs> they they turn it down. It's something like Babe Ruth's autopsy. I think that's what it was, Babe Ruth's autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you. And Danny says, like, I'm gonna tell you something I've never told a client ever. You should not bet on sports. <laughs> um. And then when Charlie Sheen goes back to his poker game, he says, oh, sounds like I need a new bookie. <laughs> yeah, just real quick. I need a new bookie. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is kind of stunt casting, but it's great stunt casting because Chuck Lorre and uh, Charlie Sheen had a famous falling out Yeah. when he was on Two and a Half Men. He got fired from Two and a Half Men. And, you know, Chuck Lorre wrote and directed this episode. So it is fun to see Charlie kind of playing a, a degenerate version of himself, probably yeah. not too far from where he got at one point in his life, but at least he's able to kind of make fun of it. Uh, I hope whoever it is, whoever has booked most of Charlie Sheen's action in his life, I hope you come out with a, a book one day. Um, and then lastly, they're out eating. Um, they're, they're celebrating sort of what's the, it, it was something mill was the name of the, the, watch. Oh yeah. Very expensive. So to pay off his debt, yeah. Richard, mill, Char there we Charlie go. Sheen did not actually offer this watch up. They kind of took it from him. Yeah. It's they a quickly... very expensive watch, you know, upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. So when they Google the watch, they realize, Hey, this, you know, a, a, a used one, a pre-owned one of these can be 150 K we'll go ahead and take this. Uh, they're out eating, uh, when they go to leave, they end up getting mugged for the watch and Ray gets in front of Danny, allowing Danny to shoot the guy. And that's where our episode ends. <laughs> uh, did you have any thought? I mean, we didn't really see much of them playing poker, but did you see anything about that poker game notable? Oh, no, I didn't notice anything. I yeah. guess the only other thing I'd say is one of the poker players at the table was Angus T. Jones, who played the half man <laughs> on two and a half men, the kid. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the players. And, you know, they're funny. Like I said, there's funny one-liners in it. Uh, Danny asked uh, um, Charlie Sheen, oh, you ever see John Cryer? You know, the other uh, actor on Two and a Half Men. And Charlie's like, eh, no, not really. And Danny says, yeah, he was really funny. Or he was a funny one, something like that. One more dig at, at Charlie Sheen. Um, I didn't see anything about the poker game. The only other thing I'd say about this episode uh, at the very beginning, when uh, Danny's getting a call from his wife, you very briefly see the front of his phone. And instead of her name showing up when she calls, it says, what was I thinking? You know, again, <laughs> yeah. another kind of funny one-liner. And <clears throat> Ray at one point also says, I'm mostly a visual deterrent. That's kind of a running gag yeah. that keeps going too. But it's true, right? He doesn't typically beat anybody up. He's more there to for people to think maybe he's going to beat them up in so. fact when they go to the rehab they call security the security guy walks <laughs> yes. out to him and ray's like how much you make like 10 12 and the guy says 15 he's like does that come with health insurance and then the, the security guard just walks away <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um okay episode 
two. Okay, after episode one, what what was your what was your impression? Were you hopeful? Uh, yes, and yep. maybe I was going into it um, with different expectations. Okay, but uh, yeah, after this, I thought, okay, they're getting the gambling right, at yep. least as you know, as far as I can tell. Uh, they've got a very good cast. I think that Sebastian Maniscalco uh, Scalco is very good. Yes. He portrays Danny as sort of a sad sack, yeah. really not, you know, a guy who's completely on top of his life, but a uh, good cast and some good one-liners. So yeah, I was happy after that first episode. All right, here we go. Episode two. They are fleeing the scene in which uh, Danny just shoots this guy trying to mug them uh, for his watch. And while they're fleeing, he takes a phone call and takes a bet. <laughs> yes. which i thought was great he's just uh, he's he thinks he's just killed a man yeah and he's taking a bet yep uh they discard the gun he gets home and hangs out with his wife's kid Ray's at his grandma's and she tries to advise him away from danny right so this is first indication that that danny doesn't have the best reputation among people affiliated with him or people around him yeah it seems like everyone affiliated with ray does not like danny yes right um we learned that ray is dating danny's sister uh hector informs danny that the crime scene is clean which means that there was no blood there's no body there's no police so they they, they have the, the if it seems that this gentleman that whoever they shot may not actually be dead uh, and then Hector talks them into letting him book soccer action for them, which I thought yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah, because Danny clearly knows nothing about soccer. Yep. Uh, they then visit a wealthy client to collect some money. It's in a penthouse of this of this fancy building, and they show up to find uh, a departing hooker. They see blow on the counter, and Bobby, who's this uh, wealthy client, threatening to jump. And, yeah, and you, you find out that Bobby was the one who gave them the car right to pay for his debts the ones the one that got uh, repossessed yeah that's right and danny says perhaps you can point out some artwork that artwork that's fungible uh which <laughs> i thought fungible. it had to be a dig at the nft uh craze that uh, <laughs> i think so yeah who uses a word like that yeah yeah um they end up talking the guy down from the ledge uh they offer him some birthday cake they end up leaving with one of his rugs uh to, to presumably be payment and as they're at the valet, the guy falls to his death. So they're at valet. They're all proud of themselves for talking this guy off a ledge, getting their rug. And then and then behind them, you see this guy uh, falling and hitting the ground. Um, he did end up going through uh, with his suicide. It's yeah. uh, it was it was about as entertaining that you can make a suicide situation. Yeah, or, and uh, you cut you saw it coming too. Yeah. You know, it's you know you're watching a comedy. The way the camera's angled, you're thinking, okay, the body's coming. Yep. Uh, one thing I will say about that scene, and I don't know if this comes. You said you've seen all eight episodes. I've only seen the first five so far. But we do find out that Danny was in jail for four years. Yeah. I, again, I don't know if that comes up later, but that is revealed in that scene. Um, I will. You know, it's a good question. I don't recall now, but um, when we go through the uh, uh, the rewatch, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see. That's why he does mention yeah. being locked up for four years. Yeah. Um, at the they're at the bar, uh, sort of mourning their situation, and they're approached by a cop that they clearly know. And he inquires about Bobby's death, the guy who just uh, who just killed himself. And the cop admits that they don't normally bother with these with these illegal bookmakers until there's another crime involved, which I think was which I think is actually pretty accurate. At the end of the scene, the cop mentions that he also owes him money. <laughs> oh yeah, so you yeah. find out that Carl the cop 
you know, not only doesn't but really bother with bookies, but he's also made some bets uh, yeah. with Danny. I was going to mention it kind of going on what you said, the, the cop says, you're our version of the fire department's cat in a tree. Yeah. But that we, we really don't, eh, it's not that big a deal to us. So. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Hector is Hector has made money booking Guatemalan soccer, uh, and he convinces them to get them involved. He needs so what Hector needs now that he's proven that he can book this action. He needs backup. He needs someone to back him financially in case someone makes like in case he gets cleaned up and can't cover the bets. Right. This is pretty typical. Right. This is um, a lot of um, if anybody's dealt with like PPHs and stuff like that. A lot of the people that you deal with are actually sub agents to a larger agent who may be backing uh, the, the you know the sub agent. There we go. So they go back to the the office. They get him into the system. They they let him know how it all works. And and uh, Danny says something like says something to the uh, says something to the effect of like you know what's our address? I'm like our um here I've got the line because yeah go- I I wrote it down. I thought it was important. Go ahead. He says, if and when the state of California legalizes sports betting, what's our edge? And his sister says that you extend credit to low-life degenerates. Yeah. And Danny says, to a degree, yes. <laughs> but what I was going for is I have personal relationships with my clients. So both of those lines, right? Playing on credit yep. and having the personal relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um. So th- this is another, like, if... If it were to legal, like where sports betting is legalized, it's not the it's not the small recreational better that's gonna want the bookie, like that's gonna want a Danny. It's gonna be the people who semi take it seriously, who are gonna want more outs, more uh, opportunity, and more. Um, you know, I remember when I was in when I was at MCAS New River in in Jacksonville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I ta- and I and I talked to this guy about sports betting. It was one of the first times I ever talked to anybody about sports betting, and I mentioned how I like was using Bovada or something at the t- at the time, and he was from New Jersey. He had used bookies before. And he goes, Tim, just imagine placing all your bets and not having to worry about paying up until Monday. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I, and like it was a first, I was like, what, what? Like I, I even didn't really even know what he meant, right? Yeah. Like I, and and then I, you know, of course, later realized that he's you know dealing with a bookie, but, um, it's a uh, credit. Credit is really convenient, uh, if you know how to be disciplined with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then they, uh, they go to press the waiter who tipped them off on the, but they, they they sort of deduce that the that a waiter tipped off the mugger who tried to rob them, uh, for the watch. They go to press him for it, and the altercation sort of leads to the waiter stabbing himself, which really just becomes this joke of like they've that like because we when we learned that he was in jail, he mentioned that he never saw a dead body once, and now he just keeps seeing them, you know, like you know, you see multiple dead bodies for the course of one day. Um, yeah, so that's episode two. Yep, yep, episode. Three. Danny's wife is literally laundering money uh, outside, but it's not not for not laundering in the, like the uh, uh, let's clean it, uh, you know, morally sense. She's literally cleaning the the, the poop smell off of the <laughs> off of the money from the first episode. Uh, Lorraine is running from a drone. We don't really quite sure what you know. We presume she's doing something with the shrooms. We don't really know what's going on. She's running from a drone. Um, Danny takes a bet from a guy whose dog just died. That was a really interesting. It, it showed that, you know, Danny really is like the Michael Scott of bookmaking, right? Like he seems to actually kind of care 
uh, for the people he interacts with, or at least has like a personal interest in them. Uh, he like sort of has his heart to heart, but then like, and then the guy's like, hey, double, double me up on Memphis. He's like, you got it, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're delivering money to a client who does porn, which I thought was, that was kind of funny. Uh, the, the guy wants to up his credits, you know, they, they negotiates, you know, upping his weekly credit. Uh, they go to get the watch appraised. They, uh, they get low ball 35. They do the whole, like, I'm a walk out. They end up taking 45 K, uh, off the watch, uh, the watch appraisal. Back at the office, Lorraine is talking to Hector about dealing. Uh, so we learned that uh, what she was running from was a drone from a biker gang. Uh, presumably, she was like on in their territory or something dealing. Um, Ray is driving around to pay off child support to multiple women. Uh, this is a part of the sort of be- uh, backstory into into Ray, uh, children with multiple women. And it is it is in this sequence of scenes of Hector and Lorraine talking about the shroom business and Ray driving around to baby mamas that I realize maybe this show isn't going to deliver the way I want it to. Okay. This this is this is when that happens. Uh, we learn Danny is not appreciated by any of the women that Ray visits. Uh, and you know, he's, he's sort of awkward with all of them. They all sort of give him, uh, dirty looks and stuff. Uh, back at the office, we learn that, okay, this is where we learned that the, the drone that chased Lorraine was from a biker gang. Hector and Lorraine brew up this business idea that pivots from dealing drugs to becoming a shaman, more or less, uh, getting people to, uh, want to do some sort of microdosing therapy. They then take a, uh, but they being the book, uh, Ray and Danny, they take a call from a fellow bookie. I was yeah. having a hard time. Yeah. Okay. Fellow yeah. bookie. He has a whale. Uh, so he's Mr. Oh, I need, I should get this uh, actor's name. Uh, uh, Rob Corddry. He's, there we go. There's a lot of comic. Uh, yes. Acting. Yeah. Uh, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love this. When I saw him, uh, you, you like those actors, like when you see them, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Right. Like I'm about yeah. to and enjoy this. Yeah. It's a very typical Rob Corddry character, you know, kind of, kind of an idiot and kind of cocky. And yeah, <laughs> he, um, he has action from a whale that he needs to lay off. Uh, and with, and this is great, 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 great knowledge of sports of the, of the, like, the bet is too big for him to cover. Yeah. And so by laying it off, he's essentially getting either someone else to, to take part of the risk or laying it off could mean two things. It could mean get someone else to assume some of the risk or he is betting with someone else on that same bet to lay it off. Right? That, 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 there's, there's, there, the former is what's happening here, but those, yeah. are, those would be the two ways that lay, laying it off would be. There's, um, there's a great, what is it? California splits? Uh, what's the, there was a movie that we reviewed where someone's trying to get action down. He's being denied and he goes, come on, just lay it off with the guys, you know, with someone else. And yeah, he's implying uh... in, in that scenario, he's implying, Hey, just go like, like anyways, those I remember two- what you're talking about. I can't think of this specific movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, two ways that, uh, in sports spending the, the context of laying it off this one being, he's looking for someone else to assume the risk. He, uh, the guy wants to lay essentially half a million a week. Uh, Danny makes a, uh, the question, why isn't he betting in Vegas? And it's mentioned the no, no paper trail. Is he any good? He thinks he is. Yep. And that's, yep. that's what, that's what bookies are looking for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they ultimately, uh, 
agree to take this whale's action. Ray can't get a hold of Danny because Danny is being intimate with his wife, and Ray makes the decision on his own to agree to take a, a larger wager from this whale, and it wins. Uh, they collect. This is the, another. The, so just what? to be clear, the bet doesn't win. Oh, right. Sorry. The, the bookies <laughs> yeah, the, win their side. The bookies of the win. Yes. yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. The bookies win their side. So the, the, yeah. the bet ultimately loses. The bookies are going to collect. Yeah. They collect great deep, great piece of de uh, a bit of detail here. They collect 440,000, which is accurate because you're assuming if you're assuming they're laying minus 110 on the VIG, and most sports bettors either bet a flat amount on at plus money so like uh, um mm -hmm. or you bet to win at my at, at uh when you're laying it right so mm -hmm. at minus yeah. 110 what he probably said was like i want to i want to you know to win four hundred thousand, which means a bet would have been four hundred forty thousand to win four hundred thousand. great pieces great oh, that's good you know i missed that so yeah. good yeah nice catch oh i'm glad they did that yep uh the guy places a money line wager on a nine point underdog uh, that would end up being a $1.4 million liability for Danny and crew should the whale win his wager. And that's where episode three ends. Yeah. Any other thoughts on episode three? Well, let me ask you, what was it about sort of that backstory and going to pay this child support? What what was that trigger for you that you thought, okay, this isn't going to be what I thought? So, um, so we have uh, Lorraine uh, running. We have him taking a bet from a, a guy whose dog just died. Uh, and then you have like the step into like the 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 porn uh, studio, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know. There was something about there was something about the way that sequence was going and how long it was taking for both of those se sequences to go. I was like, man, like that. I feel like one. I, to your point, the whole. Lorraine's side story wasn't my wasn't it for me and it yeah. and it, it it got it got more screen time in this episode than it had previously yeah. um and I don't know it was I I felt I hadn't felt I hadn't been really wowed by the show yet and here so we you, are yeah. midway through the third episode yeah and, and you're really I, I'm sorry to cut you off but yeah. you're really thinking of this as a gambling show yes. you want this to be a comedy about gambling and when they're veering away from that, getting into people's backstories and lives that have nothing to do with gambling, then that was what kind of. Yeah. So, okay. you know, I, I could have, um, you know, the, the backstories, all that sort of, you know, th that part is, is fine. I was just starting to worry that it, the show was just going to be okay. Right. Like, like mm -hmm. I was starting to wonder, like, is this show actually going to bring something to the screen uh that makes me go oh man this is great i love this right okay uh, yeah yeah so your highest hopes were okay finally a great gambling based tv show i mean yes. those were your highest hopes yeah okay yeah. well sure yeah yeah this, yeah, this this wouldn't satisfy that i'd agree with that so okay <laughs> i will admit that i have uh, that i unfairly had high uh high hopes for this show i okay. will admit that I, I i had unfairly had high hopes for this show okay um Mostly because I think that this aspect of sports betting is something that the average better at this point is really unaware of because everybody has their apps and everything like that. So it's almost as if they are 
they are showcasing a dying art, if you will. Like, and if mm-hmm. to, to to put it oddly, I think, but like, it, and so, um, and it's a part. It's a it's a part of sports betting that you couldn't you couldn't tell someone about it who doesn't bet on sports. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. betting betting with a guy like this because one, your friends who don't know anything about sports betting are going to assume what that maitre d assumed and that like not paying your $400 means that you, you know, your, your family's in danger. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, or they're going to assume that you're a degenerate, like, Oh man, if you need a bookie, like, Oh my God, like how, how bad are you in it? So like people who don't bet on sports would never understand this aspect of sports betting in a rational way. Mm. And so it's cool to see it be, it's cool for it to not just be a character in a movie, but the focus of a sitcom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's where my high hopes came from, and why I was okay. excited about the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. At least you're you're aware that you know maybe you were hoping this would be you know the the greatest <laughs> thing you could hope for, and yeah. you know that's that is a little too high to expect. Episode four, the last episode we'll cover here this uh, today. Uh, they're leaving the whale's uh, apartment uh, condo wherever wherever he's living. Um, and, uh, as they're leaving with, uh, Mr. Dinty is actually, um, Rob, um, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Rob Cordry. Walt Walt Dinty is his name. So they call him Walt Disney. Yeah. Uh, he says in the end, we're all gamblers. Right. And Danny responds, we're the house. The house doesn't gamble. Yeah. So this is, I, I, I agree, but. The house is gambling. They're just getting the better of the of the, the 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 number, right? So I guess they're still in the business of gambling, right? They're still maintaining risk, but so long as your pockets are deep enough, they're gonna win with the math, right? Well, see, so, this is this is what Danny's getting at, right? Yeah, they have just accepted a half a million dollar bet that they're gonna have to pay out one point four million for if it wins, and Danny doesn't like to gamble. Yep. Right. So he said, no, we're not gambling. I, I think that's why he says it. We're not yep. gamblers, right? We're yep. the house. So this has made him uncomfortable. He doesn't like gambling. He likes to have that edge at the smaller amounts. Ray calls it a stupid. He's like, he's like, God's oh, a stupid. Why would he make such a stupid bet? I, I didn't like this implication that taking a big dog is a, is a stupid bet, but uh, I see, but, but for the, for the point of the story and what they're doing, uh, I got it. I'm, I'm being very nitpicky there, but. Okay. Well, and yeah. again, I would say, I don't know that it's the bet so much as the amount. Yes. Because they're, they're talking, you know, if they lose this, they're going to have to start over. Right. Right. It's going to, you know, this is going to kill them so yeah. financially. So. Uh, Hector and Lorraine start the setting up the shaman business uh, they're at the office. The bookies are at the office. They're taking bets. Uh, they're taking bets on all sorts of things. This was actually a really fun scene. All yeah. four of them are on the phone in some capacity taking bets. Uh, Hector's even talking in Spanish, taking uh, soccer bets. Uh, Danny says stuff like, no, you can't parlay the Giants with the Golden Globes. Yeah. No, we're not doing dead pool bets, which I thought yeah. was it, Yeah, it's just a scene full of one-liners, just yes. rapid fire as the camera goes from uh, one person on the phone to another. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lorraine with the simplest but best one of them all. No, no, you can't play because you don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, if you don't pay, you're not uh, you're probably not going to get your action down. Uh, probably one of my favorite scenes of the of the show was uh, that little uh, yeah. Yeah. minute or two there in the office. Uh, they learn a director. Um, they learn that this whale, uh, who we'll find out his name is Jan- Jack Han, 
Um, he's a director of slasher films. No, a producer of sl- uh, slasher films. Yeah. And uh, they become a little nervous about their own fates because uh, they learned that like a director had died uh, of one of these slasher films and thought that, like, oh, man, maybe he did it. And they wonder like what the what their fate might be depending. Uh, so so it adds some drama to the to the situation of this large wager that could that could uh, that could ruin them. Yeah, and they're uh, they're they're the story is told in such a way that yeah, this guy might kill them, right? Or at least right. that's the, that's what the producer is trying to imply. Yeah, is that yeah? You know, if you renege on this, well, we're going to take a a ride on my boat. Which is his way of saying, you know, you won't be coming back from that boat ride. Uh, Danny visits his wife and kid. Ray visits his grandma. Ray learns that there's an infidelity issue that's going on on the team that the whale has uh, bet against um, on why he likes he likes the underdog because the favorites. Um, there's a situation where like a quarterback was sleeping with the lineman's wife and they're wor- and they're thinking, well, that lineman's is just going to let people through all day and the quarterback's going to get demolished. Yeah. Uh, they try to get Jack to cancel the bet. He's not having it. Uh, he, and he, he <clears throat> makes, he threatens them, uh, with like, oh, maybe go fishing on my boat. And Danny's yeah. like, are you threatening us? And, and Jack fans, Jack fans like, yes. Are you stupid? <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> clearly that was the threat. Uh, the bookies are at a bar, uh, and they're sweating this bet. We learned that they actually have a piece of that bar, a, a general manager of some sorts comes out talking about deep fryers and all that and makes it like, Hey, when I got, let you guys get a piece of this, like it wasn't just for the glamour. You should, should help out here. Yeah. Uh, the shaman business is happening. I'm not really paying attention to that. Uh, that storyline. Uh, the cop, the cop friend shows up. He inquires about Jack Han uh pretty much saying you know pretty much warning these guys are like look this guy has diplomatic immunity like whatever happens to you like may not eat like we might not even be able to do anything about it um and um uh dinty mr dinty comes out running he makes a great al michaels reference with you believe in miracles (laughs) and the bookies have won their side of the wager they will live to see another day of bookmaking and that wraps episode four. Yeah. Four episodes in, what are your thoughts? So I think that this is a good sitcom. I think this is a funny show. I think it's well-written. I think it's got a lot of great one-liners. I think it is accept uh, accessible for yeah. non-gamblers. My wife really likes it. Oh, good. Um, uh, unprompted at poker night a couple weeks ago, one of the guys said, hey, have you seen this new show, Bookie, on Max? It's really funny. And another guy said, oh, yeah. And it started going around the table. I hadn't mentioned it at all. So, you know, they enjoyed it. Here's the thing. I, I'm kind of a comedy snob who also likes all comedy, if that even makes sense. So if a friend were to ask me, is Bookie worth watching? I'd say, yeah, it is. It's funny. If a friend were to come to me and say, What's a good comedy on TV to write to watch right now? I might not mention Bookie. I might not even bring it up. I think there's funnier things on TV. So, you know, I know that's kind of half praise, but I'm giving it a thumbs up. I think it's funny. Chuck Lorre knows how to uh, write characters. And there are a lot of very funny one-liners in this. I wrote a bunch of them down. I'm not going to go over them. But, you you know, even out of context, they're funny. 
So um, I would definitely recommend this if somebody asked. Now, if a gambler friend asked, I would still probably recommend it and say, yeah, it seems like they get all the gambling right. I certainly didn't see any blatant errors. You know, you may have to uh, say, okay, it's dramatic license in some situation, but nothing really jumped out at me. So yeah, that's my feeling. Okay. I went, as, as mentioned, I went in this with high hopes. Those hopes got tempered. Uh, like I said, like midway through episode three, I don't, you know, to be honest, I'm not even quite sure what it was about the, but I, I in the rewatch, I remember sort of being like, oh, that's right. This is where like, I felt different about this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it tempered, it tempered my feelings, uh, you know, it tempered my expectations of going of high hopes to just enjoy the show. And okay. mm-hmm. when that happened, uh, I did, I, I continued to enjoy the show. I think that they're getting all of the sports betting things right. Uh, you know, the the little nitpicking of here and there, that's just, you know, that that's exactly what that is. That is nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it's accessible and really that matters more, uh, right, yeah. in, in, in what they're trying to convey. So uh, through four episodes, I enjoyed it. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to reviewing the next uh, four. Uh, like I said, I've seen the fifth one. And the fifth one has what I think is the funniest, well, part of the show that I've seen so far. I mean, I was, you know, I was laughing pretty hard. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Let's see. Was there anything else I was going to say about it? Um, I took some notes here. I guess not. I was going to ask, you know, this is, you were talking about how most sports bettors wouldn't know this world at all. And I'm certainly in that category. I've never worked with a bookie you know, even going back to like call, I didn't know anybody in college or anything yep. like that. So I don't even know if you want to include this in the episode, but I think maybe you've had some experience here. I mean, yeah. is there anything you and, want to add based on your experience? So anybody who has listened to Better Life 2.0 knows that I ha- uh, that um, I have talked about working with uh, the Dannys of the world uh, mm-hmm. b- before. Um, it is what I... What I loved about, and to your point, like the Major D assume just makes you it makes the assumption like, okay, they're here to collect money. They're gonna they're gonna abuse me until they get it. Um, like that doesn't happen, right? Like that's that's not a part of. No one's knocked on my door looking for money. Now, look, I pay, right? That's also a part sure. of it. Like, no, <laughs> no one has to come to me for money. But I'll tell you one thing. Like anybody who listened to the most recent two, uh, episode uh, two point I've been I was stiff two K twice in two thousand and twenty three, right? Like, yeah. Not, I mean, that's the other thing I was going to ask. Uh, that's pretty bad. I mean, it's yep. not like you have any recourse, nope. right? <laughs> so, and here's yeah. the thing in 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 the the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty four. Look, like unless unless you like am meeting someone at your barber shop or happen to know someone at work or whatever it may be most people getting outs in in the pph world are just getting it by referral it ends up being a phone number that you're texting with and a venmo account that you're in cash app account that you're sending money to and from i won't be able to pick up there's one guy one guy who I know what he looks like out of the, I don't know, uh, dozen, dozen that I've worked with, right? One guy. And I've never met him. I just like, I might recognize him if I saw him in person, right? Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to pick out any of these guys out of a lineup. Um, One guy. Uh, so is it? So I, I've had three or four accounts closed, two stiffed me, the other one's paid and then closed. Um, 
one the the first guy who stiffed me 2k stiffed me because he found the better life claim me being a professional gambler and thought that was reason enough to not pay me oh god that's a real story <laughs> that's oh a real god. story he claimed that i was he claimed that my my action was too sharp and so he's like i'm gonna start running your name around and like if no one knows who you are I'll pay you, but if you, if I find out the and I wanted to be like, what, what does it matter? You took the action. You were gonna collect my money if I lost. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the 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 um who was it? Bill Krakenberger mentioned this on the numbers game uh, a few months ago. You know, it used to be bookies had to worry about whether or not they were getting paid. It's the other way around now. Um, yeah. You know, it's if you when you're better when you when you create an account, you have to wonder like, uh, you know, am I gonna get paid if I end up winning? And this, let me tell you. Uh, I had some, uh, one of those accounts had a few, like a uh, big bet on the Ravens to win the, the division. Um, big, big less. I heard it time and time again. Don't put futures bets in, uh, uh PPH accounts. And I was yeah. kind of ignorant to it. I was kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. Like those are, just, I thought like, Hey, this guy, this is a guy that I have a good relationship with. Uh, nope. He was the last one to, uh, to close my account. No, fuck you. Nothing. Just close my account. I didn't, uh, and usually you don't, I, it's not like I get a message like, Hey, I go, I go to log in and the login doesn't work. Right. That's how yeah. I learned that the, that the, the accounts closed. Uh, and so, yeah, don't put future, don't put futures bets in. Um, um, but Eric and I, we were going to record today. Uh, didn't work out. We're going to hopefully record, uh, sometime this week. I actually have some positive news coming from the PPH world, uh, positive experiences. So I'll bring that up on the next 2.0, but, okay. um, well, you know, one last question, Did, yep. maybe you don't even know were when you got stiff, were these guys established if that's even a good word or were they kind of new to bookmaking any so idea the the first one who stiffed me i have no idea yeah. but the guy was kind of erratic like he okay like he was it was yeah like it was almost like paranoid kind of right? like it was okay. he was paranoid <laughs> yeah the second guy i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say who it is or whatever but like the the second guy i knew like we i got referred to someone who i trust and that person was I went to this person. I was like, "Hey, I need outs. Do you have outs?" He's like, "Yep, I got two. This person, and this person." He's like, "I trust." He's like, "He's like, I would, I, I would work. I've worked with them for a long time. I worked with this guy for years. No problem. Big, big payouts both ways for yeah. for a long time. And then I don't know what happened. Um, just you know. And look, I don't. I also don't make any assumptions. I don't know what's going on in that guy's life. Right? Like this is the yeah. other part. You know, for all I know, he could be in the hospital. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Right. I well, mean, like like Eric's story, his guy died. Yeah. <laughs> he literally died. So, literally died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so look, go in, go into the PPH world uh, with uh, if you, if you decide to with with limited, you know, like you know, be careful. Um, it's yeah. you know your your livelihood probably isn't in danger like it was in the seventies and nineties, right? Where people you know were you know if you were down five k, they'd become knocking with a crowbar or whatever. Uh, but be careful because. You might not get paid, right? And that's and uh, yeah, that's and you know, look, that's you know, I will take my physical well-being over money every day. Uh, but it, you know, when you're when you when you're when you're a better, the odds are against you. And so when you get stiffed a significant amount of money, like that's 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 your side of it being taken away from you, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, but it's a fascinating world, right? Like I I try I have tried even mentioning this to one of my friends uh who i know at work and he just doesn't get it like he doesn't understand right like it like it seems odd to him yeah um and so it's like okay and, and, I, and i had to stop at that i was like i'm not even gonna try because right. 
for years, people have been taught that if you have a bookie, you're probably a degenerate. And now the legal now the betting's legalized. Why would you need that? Why? Yeah. Why would you need a bookie when it's legal? Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Mark, we'll do this again uh, next month. We'll do f- uh, episodes five through eight. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Perfect. Perfect.